0: Just point to the logo on my chest and tell them Slendy, Ago, hey, Slendy, Ago, hey, Slendy, Ago, hey, Slendy, Ago, hey, Slendy, A-go. Hey, Hit it up hard, hit, up hard. Hit, it with hit it with strike From the national anthem, anthem. to the bottom of the night. I'm in hey, Slendy, A-go. Hey, Slendy, A-go. Hey, Slendy, Ago, Slendy, Ago, Slendy, Ago, Slendy, hey. You already know what's up yeah. That
1: hey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 433 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here, and I also have a special guest, Derek Togerson of NBC7 San Diego. Derek, he is very passionate about the San Diego Padres team, obviously passionate about San Diego sports as well. uh Derek, thank you so much for being on. You was on last year, and it's a pleasure to have you again. No, thanks for reminding me. Always fun talking ball with you. But 4.33, man, that's impressive. Well done. Thank you so much. Yep, just continuing to grind. uh, And I I just love doing it for Padres fans and interacting with Padres fans. So uh, it's a pleasure to be with you again. So I want to start off here with your article that you published, I believe it was earlier this week, three reasons for the Padres to buy before the trade Mm -hmm. deadline, three reasons for them to sell. They sit 49-54 and right now. They're six and a half games back. And I'll give the question to you here in a little bit, but just I wanted to go through for the fans your reasons here. Three reasons to buy. Mm -hmm. At the time, six games back isn't insurmountable. Why part with all-stars who have track records? And Padres, they owe it to the fans to go for it because Mm -hmm. of obviously the fan attendance and how much the fans really do care and they have supported this team. Despite so financial the commitment team. from
0: the fan base. Right.
1: Right. Yep. And then three reasons to sell one step back, two steps forward. Don't mortgage the future to rescue one year, which is kind of where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Don't, uh, the hole is too big to crawl out of, which, you know, as the time continues to tick closer and closer to the end of the season, that does feel uh, like reality. Uh, what is the stronger case for you right now? Buy or sell 49 and 54, six and a half games back. They went one of one and five against the Pittsburgh Pirates this year. They lost series to the Nationals, got swept by the Pirates, lost a series to the Royals. The manager has called them out, and then they do nothing. Like, just where are you at right now with this Padres team and their plans?
0: Uh, it was a two and seven against Pittsburgh and Kansas City. I... Uh... You look at what have the Dodgers done against teams that are not good? What have the Braves done against teams that are not good? They don't lose, maybe lose a series. They don't get swept by a last place team. They take care of business against teams that are, let's face it, inferior baseball teams. There are a lot of teams, baseball has got a lot more parity now than it has had in a while, but these teams are not good. So to lose, to go two and five against two last place teams and by the way if it weren't for the a's the royals would have the worst record in major league baseball and they're actually fighting with the a's to get that well i i think right now and ben it, it kills it, it kills me to have to say this and i probably wouldn't have been talked into this before dropping two three at home to pittsburgh my heart says ride it out and see if this team still believe that they can catch fire and and do what we know the the talent on the roster suggests they can do on paper but where's the evidence so the pragmatist in me and if i'm if i'm running a baseball team and i'm the gm and i'm aj right now i'm selling because i don't have enough evidence to believe that it's like it's like when you got a criminal trial right it has to be beyond the shadow of a doubt but a civil trial is just a preponderance of the evidence so right now this is a civil trial The preponderance of the evidence, even 51% tells me they're not going to go on a run. They're not going to turn this thing around. So get something other than a qualifying offer pick for Josh Hader, which would be what, a second-round pick? Get a third-round pick that you would get for Blake Snell. Get something that's somewhat established. Get get yourself – handle what you need to handle for next year, because this year, as much as it sucks to say that, is a lost cause. Even though I know in 2012 – Bob Melvin's Oakland A's trailed Texas by five games with nine games left in the season and won the division. Strange random stuff happens in baseball, but I just don't see this team. Let me give you a stat. The Partners have not won more than three games in a row all year. The Oakland A's have a seven game winning streak this season. It, it, it's not out of the question for a team to get hot, but they haven't, they haven't shown it yet. They have more than hundred games. They've not shown the ability to do that. So yeah, right now I've got to say ship off some of these pieces. Get something move. Strengthen this team for next year and beyond. Because as you mentioned, you've got Manny for a decade. You got Xander for a decade. You got Jake for another half a decade. You got Joe for another half decade. You got you for another half. Your core is set. Yep. You're ready. You gotta, I think, work on the margins and the fringes because that's where this team is failing right now.
1: Yeah. So my heart is like, when I'm watching these games, I want the Padres to obviously win, but my head is kind of like, well, they just lost last night. They just lost the night before. And I'm, I'm talking like before they won on, I think Tuesday. And if they win here, we're just continuing the same thing going up and down, up and down around 500 for this next week here before the deadline. It's like, I want them to find a lane, either go left or go right, go down and it's like, yeah, okay, you're selling or go on a run. And it's like, okay, well, Scyther and Preller, of course, they're going to go buy, but don't do this little middle thing where you know, Scyther and Preller, they're going to be optimistic. They were all in going on into this season. So they're probably going to to be like, yeah, we need to stay all in. Just like you said uh, in your article about like the, the, you owe it to the fans. Like there, that's what Scyther probably thinks, but mm-hmm. in my head, it's like, what's the point if you're not going to make the postseason or let's say they make the postseason, they're a wild card team, they get bounced. Are we going to sit there and be like, Oh, that was a great year. That was a successful year. I think we would say, well, that was a cool ride at the end. They played really good baseball to get in, but that's not what our expectation was going into the year. And for those that have lower expectations now I've said it on the show, I understand why you do, but I think you're just letting them off the hook here. You're like, no, it's okay. It's okay for you to be, under 500 and, oh, just barely get into the postseason. No, you should probably still have the same expectations that you had because you're not letting this team off the hook there. You're not you're not letting A.J. Preller off the hook for the roster construction that he's had this season, you know? So what is – I will say this.
0: If the Padres somehow do get into the postseason, they win at least one series. They, they win a wild card series. And I guarantee you this is the one team because they would have to be so hot to get in – this is the one team, if they're playing at that level, if they finish the season 40 and 20, this is the team nobody wants to play. Because in, in even a short series, it's, it's Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, maybe Waka takes over, Lugo's throwing incredibly well. the The starting pitching on this team is exponentially better than most teams in the National League, with the Braves aside. Yeah. But they're not going to face them in the first round of wild card series. They might even win the division series. This team is incredibly dangerous. And if they if they're they're hot going in, which they have to be, they will make a run in the playoffs. The question is, do they get hot enough to go in the playoffs? And right now I believe the answer to that is no.
1: Yeah. And so if they get, what, they get what, makes in, us, yeah. what what's making us believe that they're gonna go 40 and 20, you
0: know? They're nothing. That's the problem. Nothing other than I look at the roster and I go, Manny's a stud, Xander's a stud, Soto's a stud, Toddy's a stud, Cronenworth. I don't know what the hell is wrong with him this year. He should be a stud. You got all these dudes, and you got the starting pitch. He's been fantastic. You got the the maybe the best left-hander believer in history, not named Billy Wagner, sitting there ready to go in the ninth inning what's the where's the short circuit it's been obviously the bullpen and it's been depth in the pitching staff and it's been this maddeningly wild inconsistency on offense and I think the bottom line here let me let me ask you because you follow this team closer than anybody does what is the? because I have an answer myself as well what is the deficiency in the roster what are they missing defensively they're one of the top three teams in baseball Pitching staff-wise, they've they've got maybe not a whole lot of length, but they're damn good with their starting five, maybe even six. The bullpen looks like they have arms. Getting Suarez back should have, aside from what happened on Wednesday afternoon, should be a big boost to this club. Look at the lineup and how much length it should have in it. What's the deficiency in this
1: ball club in your estimation? I would say depth and I would say clutchness, but you can't really solve clutchness from A.J. Preller going out and getting someone. like It's just something that happens, it feels like. And the depth thing, that's, I mean, you make the moves, getting Juan Soto, bringing in Xander Bogart, spending a, much, a bunch of money there, making these trades that they've made in years past with Snell and guys like that. Like At some point, the depth is going to suffer, and you're, you're seeing that. And so when the stars don't all perform like we expected them to for most of the season, Bogart has been okay at some points, but not he, all He's the been season. dinged up
0: too, yeah. Right,
1: Yeah. When they underwhelm, we're going to point to the Matt Carpenters of the world, the Nelson Cruzes, the, oh, you're bringing in Rugneto Dor. Oh, you had to bring Gary Sanchez in to try to save your season, like little things like that. And that's what the fan base is going to fixate on because we know the stars are here. We want change. So we know we can't change that. So let's go change this. Let's get rid of Matt Carpenter. Let's get rid of player X. So I think the depth is the big issue here. And then just, it's just, not hap- it's just not happening. It's just not happening. The star players, for some reason, it's not happening. And it, another mind boggling thing is some of these guys, they're playing much better as of late, and it's still not consistently happening. It's really, I, I really wonder. I'd love to be in AJ's head. Like, what is he thinking? That's right a scary now? place, I think, like, like, being in AJ's head. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, why is this happening? Does his front office, does he, He can just can he go look at numbers, look on a computer and be like, that's what that's what needs to happen. That's what needs to be fixed. I don't know. It's really weird. Here's here's my
0: answer to that question. The problem that I see is and it's I'm not going to say toughness because. Manny Machado is one of the toughest characters you're going to find. Xander Bogaerts is a tough dude. I mean, Joe Musgrove is tough. Gary Sanchez has been beat up behind the plate. He's these guys. It, it's hard to go through a 162 game season unless you have some level of toughness to you. What I think I can I can boil it down to is this team doesn't have an edge, and it really struck me between Tuesday night and Wednesday afternoon. Manny took a shot to the back. And that was the the, – it's comical that the Pirates tried to spin that as, oh, I just lost a fastball. A, Perdomo had been nowhere near – he had good control. It comes the first pitch after Soto pimped him out on a home run. It's every sign said that that's the most intentional plunking in the history of Major League Baseball. So it's comical for them to try and say, oh, oops, sorry, my bad. I lost a fastball up. Shut, Shut up. You did not. You hit him on purpose. And then Toddy gets thrown behind. And there's nothing. There is no redemption. There is no coming. Seth Lugo should have hit Jack Sawinski in the middle of the back with the first pitch of the game. This is what the problem is. This team doesn't have an edge. Where is your Nolan Ryan? And again, it's hard for a starting pitcher to to be the guy who drives that. Where is your Jason Veritek? your Pete Rose, your Lenny Dykstra? Where is your Ken Caminiti? Where is the dude who is going to be the, I don't give a damn what you're doing. You come anywhere near my guys, I'm ripping your face off and I'm making, and I'm feeding it down your throat. There's, there's none of that on this team. The edge is not there. And I felt like by a last place team, they got pushed around and they got not, not just, not just their, their talent questioned, We got their manhoods questioned. And that's what I think the biggest problem with this team is. There's no edge to it. And when you don't have an edge to it, you don't have that grinder mentality of, I don't care what it takes, we're going to win this baseball game. Now, I don't know if that comes from the guys on the roster, the fact you got so many superstars, and superstars tend to be coddled, right? They do things a certain way. And as you see with AAU basketball all the time, right, the most talented dudes are often not the toughest dudes because they're the Kevin Durants of the world. They get you know, told from the time they're seven years old how great they are. And then, oh well, yeah, they're not going to go out and, and, and grind and brawl. Some you know, Anthony Masons go out and grind and brawl. They have to find their you know, Ben Wallace's. They go to a small school and have to fight their way onto a roster. And, of course, yeah, they're going to be grinders. Some You need to find somebody, some way, somehow, to instill that kind of edge on this club. I don't know if it comes from the manager. I think Brian Snicker gives the Braves that, but also the Braves bring in the kinds of guys you have that kind of an edge to them, the Matt Olson's and the Ronald Acuna's of the world. You know, I, I don't know how you instill that in this roster. I don't know if there's a guy you can get at the trade deadline. I don't know if it's Bob Melvin's fault. If you have to stick that into these guys, if we are not going to be pushed around, we are not going to allow a team to, ad nauseum throw at our star players and have nothing come back at them that shows that you're laying down to an inferior opponent because you don't want to mix it up with them that's not acceptable to me
1: yeah well is that something that aj can go get that that you're talking about someone like with that edge because joe Musgrove screams that to me but he's a pitcher it's hard to a guy's out there, and he can't
0: day. drive that. Right. No one Ryan could because he was the one, because you knew if you were facing him that series, you were going to get one in the ear hole. Right. But that's, it's, it's hard for a starting pitcher to drive that. You're right. They need a position, an everyday guy who's going to be that dude.
1: Yeah. And the whole Blake Snell thing, I know this was weeks oh ago, God. but, <laughs> and, and you, I loved, you were on John and Jim. Uh, they have me on all the time. Like, it's, it was maddening with the whole Blake Snell 80 pitches first game out of, or the first game he pitched out of the all-star break. He's sore and he's tired in games that you need to win. You're facing a team that's ahead of you in the wild card standings and you're sore and you're tired. You're giving pitch limits, like going into a game when you have Ryan Weathers pitching game two. Now the next start, he grinded through seven walks and kept the Padres in the game. Uh, and then this start grinded through that one again, too. But like it's those little things there. It's like, would Joe Musgrove would have done that? Would he have put a pitch limit? Guess what happened? What what did he do in Toronto? He went and shoved against the team that traded him almost a decade before that. Like And drafted him, yeah. Like yeah. A little little things like that where some guys on the team you can see, it's like, yeah, I mean, I just don't see it. I mean, I I was looking through your Twitter earlier, and this is from June second that you tweeted this. I don't know what is wrong with this Padres offense, but I know effort is not the issue. I just saw Xander swinging in an indoor batting cage well after the game on a Friday night. These guys are grinding. It's just not happening for them right now. Xander's one of those guys I'd put along with Musgrove that really, really cares. And Mm -hmm. so like, that's a good example of someone that does, but are there enough of those type of guys in there? I think that's a valid question.
0: I, that I don't know. Um, I'd like to say yes. I think. I mean, I watched Trent Grisham taking an extra bat and He's out there taking, hitting off the high velocity machine before you know anybody's allowed in the ballpark. Uh, Austin Nola was doing the same thing before he got sent down. For whatever reason, it's just it's just not working for a lot of these dudes. The Blake Snell thing still fries me because it's the first game of a doubleheader on a ninety degree day in Philadelphia, and you're, we don't have these seven inning doubleheaders anymore. And you, you say you don't want to overdo it. You want to play it safe. You got six dudes in your bullpen who are going to have to now overcompensate because you don't feel like throwing an extra 13 pitches. I went out and shot some stories just earlier that week with some Paralympians. This girl has a degenerative eye disease, she can't see. She's winning triathlon competitions. There's a dude who lost his legs in a train accident. Had to have one of his uh, had to lost a foot in a train accident, had to have it amputated just below the knee. He went back and played safety in college football, went to train for five months and won a silver in the long jump at the Paralympic Games. And he is the happiest outlook in the world because guess what? He can walk still on one leg. You don't feel like throwing because it's hot. Shut up. Screw you. Get the hell off my baseball team. That's the kind of attitude I will not accept. And that's the dude that fries me more than anything else. Yeah, I know the talent's incredible. I know that he leads the major leagues and earn run average. If you're going to be that soft, that's the one dude who I will call out the toughness because that's not cool to hang the rest of your guys out like that because you don't feel like throwing again because you want to play safe for the rest of the year. Well, okay, great. You're okay for the rest of the year. You just screwed of your bullpen mates. And what kind of a team guy is that now? That one that's the kind of i think pervasive attitude that's allowed to happen what bob melvin should have done there and says "blake i don't give a damn get your dumb ass back out on the mound and give me one more inning i don't care how much you think you have left you're you're throwing a shutout right now hook me up i need one more inning out of you that's it i need 14 pitches if you got to give me 14
1: pitches you shouldn't be in the major leagues yeah definitely and this is a this is i totally agree with all that um there's a different topic here and we we hit on Xander his contract Crony's contract I know it's a totally different direction after you just went on that but Xander and Crony's contract like I I have a problem with fans who and they can do whatever they want but I have a problem with those that they love the contract when it happened good contract um, now the Bogarts admittedly then I remember the night that that happened I was on here and I was like yeah the contract to the end is not going to look good but I'm super excited to have Xander on this team right now. And Crony with the extension, like team player, a grinder, really does care. Like along with Xander, Musgrove, he's in that group. I liked them. And the team going all in. Cyler continuing to spend money. And then fans, less than one season in, they're ready to give up on these contracts. And you have some fans comparing the Cronoworth contract to Eric Hosmer's contract. Oh my God. And, and it's like, come on. Let's 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 compare Jake Cronenworth and Eric Hosmer, someone that cared about his success and helping the Padres win games and someone that probably didn't. And I think there's evidence that shows that. So let's not do that. Let's wait more than a season to start bashing these contracts and saying, what was A.J. thinking? What was Siler thinking? Why are they giving out these deals? You didn't have to pay Jake Cronenworth. That that's a, that's totally understandable. It's a good point. But were you saying that then? Or were you praising it and you were like, oh, no, that's a good move. You know, that, that does piss me off.
0: In the grand scheme of baseball economics, the Jake Cronenworth contract is a team-friendly contract. You're talking about a two-time all-star in his prime who's making, what, $14 million a year? That's nothing in baseball economics. Plus, I know Jake with the bat has not been great this year. And, honest, there are times where it looks like he's figuring it out. His swing just looks a lot longer to me this year. The contact is not there. I think he, my guess is because he's one of those guys who does care so much, he's trying to up his power numbers. Because also, remember, you at second base, if you hit 12, 13 home runs, you're an all star. At first base, that's a traditional power hitting position. It's the Freddie Freeman's and the Paul Goldschmidt's of the world, where like that's the corner infield is where you get your power from. I truly, and this is just my speculation because the swing does look longer to me. I think he's trying to generate a lot more power instead of being the guy who we've always seen him be that got him the contract. So if he go back to being just Jake Cronenworth, I think he'll be fine. He'll hit you 270 with 15 homers. That, you know, 740 OPS, I'll take that from him because that's exactly what he is. He's trying to do too much. Defensively, he's still been incredible. I mean, he's one of the best defensive first baseman in the game. He's also one of the best defensive second baseman in the game. It's just ha Kim is arguably the best defensive second baseman mm-hmm. and shortstop in the game. So, yeah, put him at first, defensively, he's, he's been tremendous, and credit to him and Trent Grisham as well. They're not taking what's happening at the plate with them into the field. They're impacting the game in a positive way with their gloves. So I will say that Jake's, Jake's contract, I think it's 100-something games into it. Let him see if he can figure out that he's not a power guy. He's never going to be a power guy. He's never been a power guy. Even in Michigan, he wasn't a power guy with an aluminum bat in the Big Ten. Not a great baseball conference, by the way. He's he's a dude who should be hitting 12 to 15 homers, hit you 275 with a 725, 740 OPS. That's all you want from him because that's why he got the contract in the first place. That's the player they want because he also, he's a great clubhouse guy. He grinds. He's, he is a guy you want on your team. I will go to battle with him any day of the week and twice on Sundays. He's just trying to do too much. The Xander thing, I think is a little bit similar in that he's trying to do too much too to justify and ingratiate himself to a fan base who just showed up. He's a four time silver slugger. He's an all-star. The dude is – he's got a – he's a two-time World Series champion, and he was a big part. The first time he was a rookie, he was a major part of that 2018 team that won it as well. The guy's got a track record. The guy has always been a tremendous baseball player. Worked his tail off to become maybe like an average shortstop, to now very much above average shortstop. He puts in the work. He's been hurt this year. The wrist thing has been an issue. You saw how good he was at the beginning of the year. He could have given you three or four more months of that had he not gotten hurt. Wait, Wait until – you see him if he's fully healthy. Maybe he gets, you know, surgically repaired like Tatis did in the offseason. I don't know. But I agree with you 100%. To bail on a guy after 100 games, probably even earlier than that, you know, halfway through a season because of one down year, I know Hosmer quit because that's in essence who he is. He's a quitter. These dudes are not doing that. If anything, they're going too far the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. They're trying too hard to show fans that, yes, I want to win for you. I want to justify this deal. Which, by the way, it happens a lot
1: in Major League Baseball. Yeah, for sure. Should AJ be fired and will he be fired are two different things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll ask you, if you were in Peter Seidler's chair, should Mr. Excellence be gone if the Padres do not make the postseason? What happens at the trade deadline? That's that's a good uh, question. Okay, let's say let's let's say they stand pat. They add uh, a bat, a a mid bat to be a left a lefty bat. Let's say they add a lefty bat. They stand pat. They don't trade Hater. They don't trade Snell. Let's just because that's what some reports are saying. Let's just say they do that.
0: They go like a what, a Mike Moustakas, something like that, yeah. like a, a, a kind of a general middle of the road lefty hitting occasional. Pal- they get this fierce version of Mitch Moreland. Okay, yeah, right. Um, and they miss the playoffs. Yep. <sighs> You're saying you're right. Peter's not going to make a move there. He's just not. He loves AJ. He's already said that AJ can stick around as long as he wants to. He believes in AJ. AJ's made him a lot of money, which, again, to Peter's credit and infinitely to his credit, and I still believe build a statue of that man at Petco Park because of what he's done to try and show the fan base that he is trying to win here. He's put way too much into AJ. He said too many things about it. AJ's not going anywhere. Should he go somewhere? look at the track record took over in late 2014. He's drafted extremely well. He signed on the international market extremely well. It has not translated to major league success. You got one playoff appearance in a strike shortened year, and you got one wild card appearance last year that yes, did take you to the national league championship series. So the thing about AJ is it's in there. It just, it, it hasn't shown that it works on a consistent basis.
1: Oh, that that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar.
0: Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So I think right now, if I'm in Peter Seidler's shoes, I probably give AJ one more year to see if this was the anomaly and say, if you don't fix this next year and you don't get us into the postseason, at least to the championship series again, you're done. Because you got so much invested in here. This, this organization top to bottom has AJ Preller's fingerprints all over it, all the way down to the, the instructors at the complex league. Like he gutted all of that brought in a guy like Philip Wellman to be a minor league instructor, a minor league manager, because he's been such a great minor league manager and teacher of baseball for so long. Um, yeah, I think you you give him one more year and say this is this is it, all right? If you this old rock star GM Wonder Kid, whatever, like it needs to all come together now. If it doesn't happen in 24, you're done. That that's what I would do if I was Peter Silent. Now, is he going to do that? Probably not. But that's what I would do. Here's the thing. Right
1: now, based on track record, 2022 was the outlier, not this year. Not, exactly. What did, what did Peter Sider say? Something about like, this was a once in a century collapse or something in 2021. That happened. This season has happened. 2022 was in the middle of that. That seems like the outlier. And I'd, I'd love to have a boss. I don't know if you'd love to have a boss that started judging me after I was with this job in this company, in this position after five years, because that's what Peter is saying. Or that's what I think Darren Smith said that on his show. Like since 2000, or maybe it was Kevin. I think Kevin was on Darren's show after 2020, or since that. That's when AJ has started to be judged by Peter Sidler That's when they started it, and it's like, why? You're just going to throw while, out. It took
0: a while to build back up, and that's and that's kind of what I'm getting at. And I, I understand where where everybody's coming from from that, and I agree to an extent, but it goes back to what I was saying about changing literally the entire organization. I mean, they went. you hear about the Cardinal way, the Braves way, the Dodgers way, what they, that's what they, they start with their minor leaguers from the guy at the time they draft him, the time they sign him as 17 year olds and put him in their Dominican complex. He changed all of that because the Padres were so ass backwards in the way that they were doing things. How many times did you see a dude come up who was a hyped, heralded prospect, a, a Reimer Liriano, who was supposed to be some stallion, a Sean Burroughs. And they do nothing at the major league level. I mean, Chase Headley had one good half of one good year, and that's like the crown jewel of the Padres system for what a decade or something like that. Pitchers they were always okay with. Pitchers they can they they develop the Jake Peebies of the world. They did well with pitchers. Couldn't develop a position player to save their lives. I think maybe Tony Gwynn was the last one position player they drafted and developed into an all star. I'd have I'd have to look it up, but it's been a it's been a long time. So he gutted everything and to start in 20, you know, basically 2015 and do that. Again, he is drafted extremely ill. Well, they scout extremely well. They brought in David Post, who was the guy, remember when uh, the Cardinals got caught uh, hacking into the Astros uh, mm. computers? It was David Post's computer they were hacking because he was that good at finding and identifying talent. He's the guy who started to put together that Astros juggernaut by drafting and signing the Altuves and the Correa's and the Bregmans. Like he, he put that team together more or less, right? So that's the dude they brought in. They scout and bring in talents like like really one of the top five teams in baseball. The short circuit has been in how they develop it. So AJ gutted all that. He brought in all these other guys. He changed the entirety of, of, of the inner workings of the system. So that's probably why Peter gave him all that time. And when he saw finally in 2020, okay, Chris Paddock looks real. Remember, go back in time, right? Chris Paddock looks real. Hosmer had a great 39 game stretch. Uh, We got Manny freaking Machado. Tatis looks like he's going to be a generational talent for the next 15 years. Like he looks at what has come out of the system and what they had at the moment, how they were building and ascending. And that's what he said. Okay. All the work that AJ has done. Great. I know it. Peter's a patient guy to an extent. He says, I know it took a long time to rebuild all of everything because we were so far behind the curve everywhere else. AJ did all that for us. Now I see it at the major league level. Now I'm going to start the true analysis. I think what, yes, it was a generational collapse. Once in a century collapse, the perfect storm in 2021, but it was because they had no starting pitching depth and that's AJ's job. I think that's where Peter is, is not seeing the entire picture here is, yes, it was a collapse. Um, heretofore, never seen, you know, go Dr. Strange on us. Heretofore, never seen in the history of, uh, of humanity. Well, yeah, but it's because AJ didn't have enough starting pictures in the pipeline, you know? So I think there's there's a little – they're blinders on when Peter is talking about how he uh, analyzes AJ Preller and his performance. But, you know, I mean, too, hey, shoot, two – Three, Two uh, playoff appearances in three years, one of them going to the NLCS, all the buzz, all the hype. You see why he's kind of enamored with them right now, but this has got to be some sort of a reality check if they don't make the playoffs
1: this year. Why? Why is this not a possible solution? Why can't they hire a president of baseball operations and have AJ focus on identifying talent instead of running the entire major league ball club? And the, because, because that's the a demotion,
0: and nobody's going to take a demotion. Nobody's like it's like when Norv was coaching the Chargers. Like, can we just take him off head coach and make him offensive coordinator? No, no, nobody, nobody accepts accepts a demotion inside of a season with the same organization. He just he is a president of baseball operations. He's yeah. not going to give up power. <laughs> you know, he's that's bringing somebody else because it looks like he can't do the job. I think the best he might be able to do, or they might be able to do, is bringing somebody. With a track record, who's like, okay, we're going to create a new job title for you, AJ. You still have all this. We're bringing in another consultant for you to help. To just another set of eyes, another great baseball mind. But you, you can't, you can't have AJ step away from this and just do this because nobody takes a demotion at that level.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's just us as fans just trying to have something where it's like not have. The, the, the guy that's not been able to get this team up to the top and have him, you can have him stay in the organization. Like we know that he has talent and there's been some positive things that he has done, yeah. but it's just the results, the tracker, and he just hasn't gotten them to the top. Um, quick one here. Cause we're going a little bit over time. What would your reaction be if Bomo ends up being the scapegoat to this season? Uh, if the Padres end up not making the postseason?
0: Well, to that, I always ask this Do you have a better option? You can't just make yep. a change for the sake of making a change. And honestly, Ben, the only one that I see that could be potentially even a, a lateral move is a guy you already have in the system in Mike Schilt, because he was a fantastic skipper for the Cardinals. I still, to this day, don't know why they had such a massive falling out so quickly. But that's a dude who, a couple of times, was a finalist for National League Manager of the Year. His team's always grinded for him. So, Maybe that's the guy, if you do get rid of Bob Melvin, and again, I love Bo Mel. I, he's an incredible baseball manager. He's one of the nicest people you will ever meet in your life. I know I does not help you win baseball games, but his players all love playing for him. It's all like Jace Tingler where everybody turned on him. Bob Melvin is a guy who contro- he, he controls the locker room. And, and, and again, and we talked about this before we even started recording, it's not like you can look back and say he had this litany of terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at it at the time, yeah, it makes sense. You just didn't realize that Tim Hill all of a sudden was going to forget how to throw the ball over the plate or how to throw the ball to first base. It, the moves he's making, they're the right moves at the time. The players are not the right players, and that takes us back to – AJ Preller and roster construction. So, if you've got a somehow a better option, and again, Mike Schilt might be the only guy I can think of off the top of my head who might be that better option, then you really don't need to make a move. Because I know one thing, Bob Melvin's not lost the ear of the locker room. He's the clubhouse still loves the man. It's, I don't know. I I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that should happen. But if it does, like, I'd understand it.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Like who, who is the better option to come in? Like it's easy for fans to complain or others to complain and want to change, but who's coming in? What's the solution? If you're going to complain about something, what's the solution for it? Don't just complain because then you're just. Thank you. You're just complaining. That's right. The- stop that. You know what? <laughs> That's, you a fan, That's a lot of social media. Stop complaining. Bring me a
0: solution. You know? <laughs> right. Bring, bring, me, and bring me a legitimate solution. I remember I was working in Arizona. Like Randy Johnson was getting ready to get traded somewhere. Right. And people, this is like 2004. <laughs> when he, when he ended up going to the Yankees. And everybody, oh, trading for Pujols. You're not trading Albert Pool for Randy Johnson. Just, just, stop, 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 stop bring me a legitimate solution or give me this fan garbage nonsense. Like bring me, bring me something that could potentially happen and bring me a, re- bring me solutions. I don't care. I know we're all pissed off. We're all upset about all this. You can't just sit there and scream into the void about it and then not offer some kind of a solution. Bring me solutions.
1: Right. Yep. All right. Derek Togerson, you're the best. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, this episode brought to you by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Check them out at Petco Park and their main uh, location on Friars Road, Breaking tea, Great San Diego Sports Swag, Underdog Fantasy. They'll match your deposit up to $100, your first deposit there for free. Code Talking Friars on SeatGeek, $20 off your order. Derek Togerson, NBC San Diego. Thank you so much for the time. We'll catch up later down the road.
0: Sounds good, man. Always good talking to you.